three. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yes, Bracha. So we were continuing trying to explain what is this great Torah that the Jews have been willing to live and die for for 4,000 years. And from the time we actually received it in writing, 3,333 years. And I wanted to mention uh, when I'm thinking, how can I communicate the beauty, the breath, the depth, the wisdom of Hashem that we can't barely touch, but try to have a glimpse of God's wisdom that created this amazing world. And as a child, I had some Jewish education. In 1940s, it was unusual that girls even had access to that except at home through mothers or educated other uh, women or tutors. But I was fortunate to have some Jewish education. They didn't teach us the way they do now. The girls learn much more intensely, much more in detail. But we heard a lot of stories, stories from King David, stories from King Solomon, stories from the Balshemtos, all about the origin of our holidays and what they mean and a lot about Jewish history and of the great love of our Holy Land. So many things. But there was one story stuck in my mind as a child for many years because I could see it with my eye, in my inner eye, but I couldn't understand it, and it was painful to me. And I don't remember the whole story, but it was something about one of the times that a Jewish community was being attacked, and the um, these people full of hatred and um, what would you say, even wickedness for the Jewish people who weren't doing anything to them, started burning the synagogue and burning the town or something. It was, maybe it was a kind of pogrom. I don't remember even when it was. When the Jews were living in Europe, let's say. And the picture in my mind was of an elderly man with a big white beard, because that's how I pictured from the story they told, who ran into the synagogue, took a Torah scroll out of the ark, and you know they're heavy when they make a full-sized Torah scroll as it has been tradition for thousands of years. He took the Torah scroll in his arms and ran back out of the shul to save the Torah. But meanwhile, his hands were burning, his clothes were burning. But to him, I, all, I, all I recall in the story was his love and for, you know, holding the Torah like a, like a person, like a child, with so much love that he didn't feel his hands burning, his clothes burning. Amazing. He, he just had to save this Torah. Wow. And I wanted to understand as a child, because as a child I couldn't imagine running into a burning anything right. and being having my hands burning. When I burnt my finger on an iron, helping my mother iron in those days, that hurt so much the whole yeah. day. They yeah. didn't have everything to, to ameliorate it. And I couldn't imagine where he got even the strength. And, uh, um, and the, it, it was 
something you don't think you just do. When you go to save someone's life, you just do. Right. And this is what he did. And I tried to understand what could he feel, what could he, who, who could be on such a level. Yeah. It took me all my life to begin to get that because I'm not so sure I would have the courage now to do that. Right. But nevertheless, I understand now the love and the preciousness of every single Torah scroll, which is written exactly as it was by Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, our, our, our master, our teacher, our first prophet, our first king, who helped to reveal the Torah to us through Hashem, through God, from Mount Sinai, and write it down exactly dedicated. Now, exactly, with the same ink, yeah. with the same quill, mm -hmm. with the same type of uh, kosher animal parchment. Could be a lamb, but uh, I, I'm not sure it could be a goat, but it has to be a kosher animal, killed in a kosher way, and it has to be healthy animal. Everything exactly as it was done at the foot of Mount Sinai, when Hashem said, now I will tell you all the rest of the words. Moshe wrote it down and gave it over to us. Not only that, Moshe, Moses, wrote it in 70 languages. Wow. We, we today have it hidden in the Holy Ark, which is hidden in the area of Jerusalem, of what they're all fighting about now, but they don't know where it is, because King Solomon hid it there with the help of, of, uh, of, of one of the prophets at the time. Hide that it will not be found again, the Holy Ark, until Mashiach is completely revealed. Beautiful. So what is this Holy Torah that you could risk your life in pain and, and, and danger? Uh, in fact, in this day and age, this happened in San Diego, where I live, where there was, a, you know, you hear about the California wildfires. Well, there was one that came up suddenly with a wind. And, of course, if the weather is dry, the, the trees go up and everything. And the fire was creeping swiftly. They had minutes. Yeah. That told later the story of seeing them come out with the Torah 
seen them run to Beautiful. save the car, but they also said, an eyewitness, they said the fire was going with the wind to envelop everything, and yeah. then it went to the foot of this sort of little hill where there were wooden steps leading up to where the new buildings were being built. Wow. So it would, of course, burn those wooden steps and go right out and destroy the new buildings as well. Right, and right. just at that moment that the fire reached the base of those wooden steps, the wind suddenly changed. Wow. And the whole new building, I guess the steps were a little bit scorched, if I remember, <laughs> and it saved the whole new building. The bulk contents from right. the older building were gone. So it's not, that was not a pogrom, that was, uh, an act of, of God, but the act of God to change the wind is what everybody was talking of, the miracle. Yeah, so, impressive. I'm, I'm telling the story because I can try to tell you the word that the Torah is our um, gift from God, the Creator, to explain to us how to use this beautiful world that He gave us. Uh, this is the world of action dreaming and thinking about it and meditating about it all oh, is very good that's only if it leads you to good action beautiful. it's all fine to sit all day learning these beautiful words yeah which they're incredibly beautiful and deep yeah but then if somebody comes to your door and says i'm hungry i don't have what to eat for shabbat and you don't want to share your little color then you just didn't really learn anything. Exactly. Learning yeah. must lead to doing. And that's but that's a very the way Rabbi Manus Friedman, if that part of this class is still there, describes the first word he said about what is Torah, it is kindness, it is love, it is beauty, meaning harmony. It is it is putting us all in an awareness of revealing the essence of godliness in this world. And this particular Shabbat that's coming is so amazing mm -hmm. because of after the history over thousands of years of the destruction a week ago of the Holy Temples twice, of uh, there was a very sad thing that happened in the written in the Torah that that preceded all this, when the spies went and gave a bad report about the land. Mm -hmm. And after the second, first temple and the second temple, well, it says also the expulsion of the Jews from Spain was 1492 on the 9th of the month of Menachem Av, that they were given a deadline to convert or leave. And before then, they were burning and torturing and everything to choose to convert. So that was the Tishabab also. And then they, they say that the final solution, God forbid, even saying those words should give you the chills, to destroy any people. But for what reason? We are not a people running around saying to hate. We're saying running around to say to love, to accept to live together, to join forces in making beautiful societies, beautiful governments, beautiful countries, 
to love and care and preserve the world. And the final solution was also signed on the 9th of August. And so it's not considered what we call an auspicious time. And yet one week later, where it is the 15th of August, where we have a full moon, tonight you already, uh, you'll see it if you try to find it wherever you live, tell the clouds move away. A little over here in Jerusalem, we don't have much clouds of any kind in the summer for Hashanah. But the full moon always indicates simcha, joy. So from the deepest sadness comes right away the biggest joy. And in our chapter of Torah this week, it is Moses pleading with God that he wants to go to Israel. Even though he, it was said that he was supposed to speak the rock to give water to the Jews, it's a very famous passage. Yeah. And most people who know their Bible you don't have to be Jewish to know the Bible, <laughs> but you do need to know that the translations are not always correct. There are explanations you need to know to understand this. The most famous, which is really jumping out of this topic. When everybody says, oh, the Torah is so cruel, and God is so angry, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, is uh, even a complete mistranslation, because if I can, I don't have it in front of me, um, but it means paying a fine to anyone who you might injure in that way. And uh, the say the eyes of a sofa or an artist uh -huh. are worth more <laughs> than, uh, I don't know, well, well, you know, it seems to me eyes are worth more for everyone. But <laughs> there are reasons why uh, the, uh, the, uh, the court, the Jewish court, would level certain fines depending on, you know, if you injured somebody. And if you did it without, you know, it was an accident, or you did it with a fight, or with all kinds of things that have nothing to do with, God forbid, taking out anybody's eye. Right. I don't know if that's a tooth, because my dentist did that to me a few times. Oh, wow. <laughs> in this day and age, I always have to have a little joke. No, that's oh, right, every, to make the flavor of it. Most yeah. of the time we have anesthesia. But it, uh, anyway... Yeah. Let's go back to the man standing on one foot That's and right. speaking with chutzpah to Shammai, and we won't, we can't close this without explaining about the women going out in the fields too. That's the main <laughs> important for the Shabbat. That mean they were given a map that they'll find the beshers under a certain rock or behind a certain tree. That's the, let's clarify that in a minute. There you but go. But he goes to Shammai and he says, Rabbi Shammai. Can you tell me the problem when I stand on one foot? Well, can you stand on your foot, one foot for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, depending on who you are? Well, Rabbi Shammai was furious. How could you take the Holy Torah and put it all down to, you know, a few seconds? In one foot. And so he took a stick and chased him away. And I have read the explanation that wasn't just a stick, it was a measuring stick. Oh my God! It was part of saying, "How can you measure? It's immeasurable." And the measuring stick is also used to explain certain laws. 
Right. But he somehow was thinking, I have a measuring stick there in his, uh, in his office. Yeah. And so, so the man was not the discouraged. He says, I know what I'm going to do. Oh, well, it's so famous for never getting angry. And, uh, you know, he just changed from the level of Shammai. They respected each other. They had a little different way mm-hmm. of instructing how to show our service of God. Yeah. Basically, it's all 613 mitzvahs are the same. But one would say, oh, say keep Torah or keep Shabbos 20 minutes longer or started 20 minutes sooner, as an example. Right. But it, it still starts at sunset, so if it's this much before sunset, so on. Okay, so he goes to Hillel. And Hillel looks at him and says, everything you hate, do not do to another. Now, it doesn't say that in the Torah. Most of you all know it by the golden rule, love your neighbor as yourself, do unto others as you would have done to you. But I don't think that that's what it says in our Torah. Our Torah says, love your neighbor as yourself. Because, first of all, you've got to love yourself and and value yourself. That's where you have to start. That's what you have to start with, right? To love yourself. Right. But but you you, you, um, have to look on everyone else and their needs and their feelings as no more important than yourself. That's and right. this, uh, we should have at least, I don't know, 200 sessions on this topic. We'll talk <laughs> about <laughs> that one, the Be'achavta Lorea Kamocha in Hebrew, yes? Uh-huh. So continue. And we, and we say that before we begin the main body of our prayers, right. every day from our, um, our prayer books that are over 2,000 years old, Mine looks like it's over two thousand years. I have to tape it up. Yeah. But we say we're it's, it's, it's proper to say before I hereby take upon myself the commandment to love my neighbor as myself, and that means you're praying for everyone else. You're not just praying for yourself. And most of the words are in plural, just as a side. Right. Important. Yes. Well, the end of the story with Hillel is most people don't know, is that this man ended up becoming Jewish and a learned person. And what's the story? The Hillel looked at the goodness within him. And he said he saw a spark. Why should he show up at the stage stage and say that if it wasn't that something in his heart and mind really wanted to know? But he didn't know how to... Uh, he didn't know how to believe, how to express it. And so that's pretty uh, amazing end of the story. Okay. And then everybody misquotes also from Hillel from this story, Im ain anili mili, if I'm not mm-hmm. for myself, mm-hmm. who will be for me? Mm-hmm. And most people stop the whole thing there and say, see, you got to take it for Right, right, but it right, also right. says that in if I'm just for me, who am I? I'm nothing. That's right. Now you tell me, Shoshana, if I left out a part of this, or in Israeli pronunciation, yes. 
but uh, but it's not now when, which doesn't mean that's when I'll be for myself, because I need to learn Torah in order to keep it, to live it, to share it, and if I don't do it now and I say, oh, okay, I'll take a class tomorrow. That's right. No, they didn't. That's not the idea. We grab the moment. If we grab right. the moment, no matter what, if you're tired, if you're busy, if you're eating, if you are not feeling good, you grab that moment because that moment is like is life. If, if I am not for myself, you know, who will be for me if not now? This now is life. The word now right. is meaning... Right. Grab the moment. Grab the moment. No, you don't feel that well. So do what you can do. Exactly. And that effort counts greatly in heaven. Beautiful. Every small effort counts greatly. Now, we have jumped from the destruction of the first temple, second temple, expulsion from Spain, final solution, and a week later, we're celebrating the 15th of August as the happiest holiday and day of the entire year. How can that be that we go from such destruction and pain and sadness to such joy? And we see in that God will do this for us and we can do it within our own hearts and minds to know that whatever looks so sad and difficult is really hidden in this darkness, a great light of potential transformation of the world from darkness to light which we all are doing with our good efforts of small acts of kindness mm-hmm. and I see this before I came to so three years ago I saw such an increase wherever I was and I lived in a lot of different places and and mostly surrounded by non, non-Jewish people who would see me say holding heavy packages online at the supermarket and they'd say, oh, go ahead of me, you know. Right. Or say, oh, can I help you carry this? Yes. Or all kinds of things that my neighbors where I lived, yes. where I was on my block, I think uh, there was maybe two Jewish people a block away. And yes. yet they would come and say, do you need anything? Um, I have all kinds of stories. And these are not small things. These are people really caring. Not looking to get anything back. Right. Of course, I have this here where I live, where the, I'm surrounded in this building where people are saying, you need anything? Are you okay? Are you there? Are this? So the whole spirit of kindness and acceptance and love has increased in the world in spite of all these things now of, of, of publicity on, um, Pandemia. on anti-Semitism, oh. which is just... A, a, a cloud of vapor that will blow away because it's a lie. Right. And, and the latest thing is we can't have Ben and Jerry's ice cream anymore because we have Jewish people with crazy ideas in their head. Right. Not understanding their own history, not understanding their heritage. I'm not saying that they're bad or evil. I think they're just ignorant. Ignorant but, uh, and, and, and different. They don't know. They don't know the full the full uh, history, and uh, you know. I mean, I understand they want to be good American Jews. That's one thing. And yeah, but then, but what it is is though, it's not just 
if they want to say we don't agree with the policy, right. but they're saying things that are destructive to so many thousands and millions of people to accuse us of racism, apartheid. If you walk down the street in Israel, you will see people from every race, every part of the world, and they're Jews. And they're living as observant Jews, yeah. keeping all the laws of the Torah to the best of their ability. Right. If you walk into any, um, say, adults learning in um, uh, of the higher level of learning, you will see all different colors right. and sizes and shapes. Right. I haven't seen a purple Jew, but I heard there's a blue one around somewhere. Well, I'm really serious. Uh, because, yeah. because he made his own silver immersion and his skin turned blue. <laughs> See, I have to end with the joke, right? So, right. Okay, let's go right. back to just well, a colony in the world. Okay, but tell us. And the whole uh, thing, because, and the whole year, because this is the day of which the sun changes and there is we are increasing actually darkness and in the darkness is the sign that we have more time in the evening to learn Torah and be with people not during working hours or whatever and it is also the time when we the holy temple stood into us it is like still there every minute where all the wood needed for the sacrifices for the whole rest of the year was chopped and lined up and ready to go. And that was a cause of great celebration. They're ready to serve God in the Holy Temple. Beautiful. But Beautiful. also it's a time of unity because there was one particular tribe that was a little bit on the outs with the other tribes for a while. And I forgot even what they did, but they were, they were told for a while that their girls cannot marry our, our boys or something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that all changed on this day in history that, uh, uh, you know, the, all the barriers were, were down in terms of unity and love and joining families under, of course, with the laws of Jewish marriage and so on. Right. But it's also a thing because of the idea of unity and the idea that our our communal home, the Holy Temple, was destroyed. So what do we do on this day, which this year comes exactly the same day, the Tubab, the 15th of Av, and what's called Shabbos Nachamut, the Sabbath of Comfort. Beautiful. We begin seven... Um, the event to the parsha called Haftorah. Right. Seven Haftorahs of comfort begin this Shabbos. Beautiful. All from Yeshayahu. I learned them once with my Chavrusa one year. I'll tell you, every Shabbos, no matter how hot it was in New York, I walked three quarters of a mile to her house. We sat down and learned that Haftorah, which is an addition to the Torah chapter every week that's supposed to be in uh, conjunction with the idea in the, in the chapter, except for these that 10 weeks, actually, because the three weeks that we just went through leading up to the morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, about exactly. the temple, those exactly. were very sad predictions. Right. Now begins the wants of comfort, and the first word 
of the fresh Hapsara, H-A-F in English, Hapsara, are Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, double comfort. And the Rabbalich River said, my uh, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Many of you have heard it translated that way. Yes. And uh, the Rabbalich River said, that doesn't mean just double. It means double for every single thing that happened to every single Jew in all these thousands of years where they were innocently caused to suffer and pain because of, of, of persecution, expulsion, all these things. Right. All the difficulties, because we were trying to do, we, when we were sent out of our land, we still, everybody knew who was a Jew boy. They could find us. Right. I didn't mean Jew boy, I meant Jew girl, right. <laughs> whatever. And, right. um, and it, it's such an incredible year this year that the Sabbath of comfort and, this, and the, the happiest day in the full moon, it's all coming on the same day, which just makes me feel we're very close to Mashiach, right. the revelation right. of Messiah, right. of, as, as the Torah uh, uh, Right. Right. And um, so because the idea is now not to focus on the fact that our first home and second home, holy temples, were destroyed, but to focus on building. How do you build a man and a woman build their home? The blessing we give to a bride and a groom are Opinion as they add, your building, your edifice should last forever. Amen. And by it, a faithful home in Israel, which is a certain way of saying, opinion as they add is saying they should be children to carry on the Torah. We have uh, one of our, it's in this Parsha, uh, to teach your children, that's what we promised God, that's why in that marriage he gave us the Torah. Because mm -hmm. it's not just that we said we'll do it, God says, how do I know you're going to keep it? And so we promised all kinds of things, mm -hmm. and nothing was good enough until we said we promised the children mm -hmm. that we will teach faithfully to our children. And that's with love and with beauty and with kindness, with patience, so children will see how wonderful and happy and and harmonious our tradition is. How beautiful um, brought up. So, mm -hmm. so we build the home how a man is commanded to find a wife actually, not mm -hmm. a woman to find a husband. In fact, if she doesn't get married, she doesn't have a sin because yeah. it's not easy to be the wife and the foundation of the home. That's what the woman is. A very important role. Yeah. And the one who uh, creates the possibility for bringing Jewish children into the world to carry on our holy tradition. Okay. And I, I want to clarify for any non-Jews listening not to feel left out here. Right. But we can't get everything in one day, and we've got to cook for the Sabbath right now. Right. However, to build the home, the woman is not supposed to be attracted, this is not Hollywood. It's looking for character. It's looking for the inner beauty. In mm -hmm. our Tehillim number, Memhe, I think, 45, mm -hmm. it says, Kol Kabuda, Bat Melech, 
Lima. All the beauty and the honor and the prestige of a Jewish woman is inside. Don't look for the outer beauty. Oh, it's very nice to have it. It's nice to um, a Jewish woman should look like a princess if she can. And that's why we have all these makeup artists. <laughs> yeah, they transform people, but that's from the outside, not from the inside. Right. And so what did they do, Shoshana? Mm -hmm. They would, did not, if they were a rich person, they exchanged their clothes with a, a woman or a young woman. She exchanged her beautiful, fancy clothes with a poor girl. They Nobody wore their own clothes. It was beautiful. They exchanged their clothing. Mm -hmm. Because you should not be looking, oh, look at that dress, maybe she's rich. A man should not look for a girl because of money. Um, it says a man, a man or a woman who marries somebody for their money is a fool. It's a fool, she'll uh, never be happy. And besides that, money comes and goes. That's a blessing from above. Right. You don't say, okay, it's not going to necessarily be there forever. Exactly. Hopefully, why not? We, You know, it's nice. This is not a tax-rich uh, platform here. This yeah. is wonderful. If God gives you a lot, you can share it and give and, and help other people and make your home beautiful. Nothing wrong. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So, so they dressed in each other's clothing, and they went out to the field, and they danced. Yeah. And they danced with joy. And, and I think, you know, you know, they're all singing together and dancing. Mm -hmm. And the men were to go and look and see if they can pick out who is the woman to build their home. Yeah. Remember, we're the builders. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't mean we're part of the union of bricklayers here. No, no, no. I think we're considered the foundation of the home, the cohenet of the home. The, uh, in English, it's translated priestess, but that's not to do with another religion. It means everything goes uh, by how she puts down the atmosphere, the joy, the commitment to serving God. So many things you want to see in a Jewish home. I had a dear friend. I can't find how we got disconnected. I, I don't know if she has the same email, but... Um, she was involved in converting to Judaism, yeah. and she had actually gotten married by a non-Orthodox rabbi, and then when she found out that that wasn't really the right thing to do, she separated from her husband for a few months until she finished all the coursework to learn how to make a proper Jewish home Beautiful. completely, yeah. and so at that point, Somebody put her in touch with me that we were learning Torah on the phone. It was another person for a long time. Yeah. And eventually we met her. She and her husband came to my house. Once she converted, then she, now she came. Her father was from India and wow. a professor of physics in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, I told you, Jews took us more flavors. And her husband was an American something or other. It was more like a like a European Jew. Wow. Doesn't matter. The point is that then they had their little wedding ceremony once she converted. And she called me a lot after she converted to say, now how do I make my home really a Jewish home? Such a 
beautiful question mm -hmm. that she wanted to do everything to live in a, in a Jewish way and reflect that. And so I said, well, the pictures in your house would be of tzaddikim, righteous, righteous Jews, and things that are not modest. You should look at your house like it's just influenced with modest, have the influence, the atmosphere of, of modesty. But it can be a beautiful home. That's right. It's not a show-off thing. It's no. for, for, for being comfortable and so on. Beautiful so bra. She asked me all these questions. She once spoke says, are we not allowed to have long hanging earrings? Because oh, where she lived, they decided, wherever she lived, they decided, I don't know if they measured her earrings. Oh, my God. <laughs> these would come these, out. These come and, out later and, on. Yeah. And, and, and the, uh, nice story there to show you how God is with every single Jew and every single about you and every creation that he created. And they did not have children. They were, I don't know, up in their 30s. And, um... They just were not having children. I don't know if the doctor told them she couldn't or what. And they kept praying for children. This was after, of course, they had their Jewish, proper Jewish wedding and all. Mm -hmm. And she called me that I think that, that she was expecting. Beautiful. I said, oh, Mazel she and I were talking about it a lot, and I was praying for her and, um, different things like that we would have prepared, you know, for trying to help each other, strengthen each other. And I said, oh, wonderful, what she's expecting. And she gave birth to a beautiful little baby girl. Mm -hmm. Wait, let's see, her name was something with the word Bracha in it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was in my merit, but it was something Bracha. Mm -hmm. And, and, and um, oh, maybe it was, um, who was his little cousin Savram? The one of the Rebbe's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, Bracha. I forgot Something right now. Yes. Middle, okay. Yeah, I forgot right now. It's but not Bracha. No. Maybe Bracha. Okay. Bracha. So Anyhow. The we, thing is, mm -hmm. she said, well, we were giving up already. And, you know, they, they were, you know, going on. This was going on for I don't know how many, two or three years after. Mm -hmm. person and everything. So I said, oh, Baruch Hashem, wonderful. She said, you know what we did? She lived in Texas. Texas mm. way down in the southwest of America near Mexico. Mm -hmm. And we drove all the way to the Rebbe's hotel. Wow, that must Rebbe's have been the resting place. Beautiful. Okay. Incredible. In New York. Wow. And she stood there and she said, and she said I told the Rebbe, Mildly, 
But it's not that we're two completely different kind of creatures. And the seven commandments given to Noah and to all mankind called the seven universal commandments, the seven Noahide commandments, uh, in Hebrew, Sheva, Mitzvah, B'nai Noah, whatever, they're written in chapter 9 of uh, Genesis. And not completely. You will only see about five there. You will have to know the commentaries to pick out all seven and explanations. Bracha, that's been a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful. Yes, I just want to say, Jews have exactly those seven commandments as part of our obligations as well. Amazing. The goal is one peaceful, harmonious, loving world that recognizes the Creator as loving all His people made all the people made in his image, respecting life. And, uh, you know, there's a few forbidden things, like murder. (laughs) But but, um, that's enough, I think, for today. And just I want everybody listening to be extra, extra happy to look up and see the beauty of the full moon, which represents the reflection of God's light onto this earth. Beautiful, beautiful. receives the light and then reflects it to us. Very and that is because the sun sim- could symbolize God, not always. It's not to worship the sun. No, no, and no. that light is given to the moon which symbolizes the Jewish people. Very and that reflects onto the earth through our good deeds that brings light in every corner of the world with God's help. Beautiful, beautiful bracha. We have to continue because we have uh, our Shabbos coming in less than some hours, but we want to thank bracha for her beautiful words and the very beautiful, beautiful uh, stories that she gave us and, and things that can really be inspiring for everybody in this day. And we want to thank you, Bracha, again, to be in our program. Whoever wants to have any comments uh, here, we should really um, write to us. And girls must talk with Mrs. Gertz at gmail.com. Girls must talk with Mrs. Gertz at gmail.com for any questions or anything that you would like to add. We're going to say uh, have a good Shabbat, everybody. Good Shabbos. Whoever is not, Shabbat Shalom from Yerushalayim. Thank you very much, Bracha. Thank you. We'll be in touch for next week.